G'day, humans. What's good, word? Chris Vanderhog here with Alex Rudy Williams for another edition of Wrestling on Style's Weekly Wrestling Wrap. Alex, are you ready for a wrap? I am. I am. Uh, extra beetroot, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certainly a very controversial topping. <laughs> At least I didn't say pineapple as much as I love pineapple. Oh, no, nah, man. You got to get the anchovies. <laughs> I, I love anchovies as well. I, everything that people hate on pizzas, like, I love it all. Like, I know so many people that hate mushrooms on pizza. I love it. Doesn't matter what the pizza is, I order extra mushrooms. Doesn't matter. Hey? Olives and capsicum. Yeah, love it. Love them both. I love pineapple on pizza. I love olives, capsicum. I love mushrooms. I love anchovies. I guess I'm a controversial guy in the pizza world. I love lamp. I I do. I do. (laughs) Uh, I'm not too sure if I'm just saying that because I'm just staring at one, but I'm pretty sure I, I, I love lamp. Um, watched that again the other night. I oh, I haven't watched it in so long, but there was a time period where I watched it so much that I I could still pretty much like quote scene for scene every line. Brick killed a guy. Oh yeah, I saw that. Uh, Brick, you may want to think about leaving town for a couple of weeks. It's like one of the best comedies of all time. Like, most iconic, for sure. Wow. Anywho, we're here to speak about different iconic. <laughs> oh, oh, no, we are going to speak about them, aren't we? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Anywho, wrestling. <laughs> yeah, so... um. I guess this is the bit where we give a bit of an apologies for the lateness of the raps these days. Yeah, I sort of need a break from uh, everything at the moment, and Alex has been very un- understanding about that. So uh, thank you, Alex. No, that's all good. Um, yeah, like like I've said a million times before, you're getting your money's worth no matter how much content we put out, guys. Um, you're paying exactly three ninety nine, um, as yeah, the great Katie Forbes would say. You you're paying nothing for this. Um, we, we in an ideal world we would be putting this out like exactly every Wednesday as advertised, but sometimes life gets in the way, and I appreciate the humans out there for not really getting on us and complaining about it, at least. So thanks for being patient about that, guys. Um, yeah, we're, we've got a bit of catch-up to do, but we'll get there, guys. Don't you worry. Oh, man. Anyway, let's get to it. So Wednesday, October 14th, 2020, for Impact Wrestling's Impact. Salts were first a freeway tag team match. Rosemary and Tyre Valkyrie defeated um, Havoc and Nevaeh, along with Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. 
Second, a singles match, Crazy Steve defeated Falaba. Then a 10-man tag team match, Alicia Edwards, Cousin Jake, Heath, Hernandez and Rhino defeated Brian Myers, Cody, Cody Dino, Jake's, Johnny Swinger, Tennille Dashwood and Tommy Dreamer. Uh, next was a singles match. Kylie Ray defeated Kimberly, who had Deanna Perazzo in her corner. And in the main event, a no disqualification, no count out match. Doc Gallows with Carl Anderson defeated Madman Fulton, who had Ace Austin in his corner. Uh, your thoughts for Impact this past week, Alex? Yeah, I thought it was, uh, it was just a thumbs up show for me. It was, it was good. But, yeah, I, I still feel like, you know, we're two weeks away from Bound for Glory. Should be really heating up some feuds. And, honestly, the tag team feud leading into Bound for Glory is just a little stale for my liking. It sort of peaked at, um, was it Victory Road? Yeah. I think it was Victory Road. They did um, the Fatal uh, Four Way, the Impact Plus um, special. Yeah, the singles four way with the uh, seconds on the outside. That I would have kept for the Go Home show, and sort of just slowly been building these different pairings where someone might get involved to cost them on the outside to build up to this singles match in the last two weeks, where it's all all the participants one week and then the other participants the second week to go home. Yeah, I'd also just like to see a little bit more motivation from the three, like, challenging teams. Like, we've gotten a fair bit of stuff, like, between the Good Brothers and the Machine Guns, but, like, the North and Austin and Fulton, like, we haven't seen enough of their motivations or, like, promos or stuff like that out of them, I feel. Yeah, I'd have to agree there as well. Um, anything else there you sort of want to touch on for the week? Um, this, like, Eric Young-Rich Swan feud is really good. I question whether or not it is main event of Bound for Glory good. Like, if it's worthy of being in the main event slot or not, I don't know. But I I think it's been really good. Um, I've also, also, um, I'm just so pumped for this wedding. Like, I'm really into it. Yeah, it's it's certainly going to be interesting to see what happens there going forward. Um. Yeah, so in closing, I thought it was a good episode of Impact. I gave it a thumbs up this week. However, two weeks out, you do need to be sort of putting things in place a lot better going to a go-home. Sort of going to save my judgment for next week, see if they're going to do an all-out push for the go-home. Yeah, it just didn't feel there, does it? Like, it it feels like we're about... Six weeks away from Bound for Glory. Like, it feels like they've just started all their feuds. It doesn't help that we, yeah, had Victory Road as a pop-up 
impact plus special sort of in between these two big pay-per-views as well out of nowhere that's where they should have done like a lot of big angles you know and then like all the fallout of those angles leading up to bound for glory is the past couple of weeks but they kind of dropped the ball there to be honest like yeah all the matches are really good but you can find really good matches on every wrestling show these days. The thing that really makes a promotion stand out at the moment is the angles or the promos or the stuff in between the matches because pretty much every single promotion has good in-ring wrestling. So, yeah, they've got to do something to stand out a bit more and I don't think they're doing that. I'd have to agree there as well. Um, I gave it a thumbs up. Sorry, what did you give it there, Alex? I gave it a thumbs up as well because it was a good show. I just, yeah, I just feel like I'm not that keen on buying buying Bound for Glory yet. Oh, boy. We'll, we'll definitely have to touch in next week and see how you feel. From there, we go through to Thursday, October 15th, 2020 for WWE NXT in the US. Opening match a WWE Tag Team number one contenders match. The Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong with Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly by ringside defeat Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan. Next, a singles match. Jake Atlas defeated Ashante Adonis. Third, Johnny Gargano defeats Austin Theory. Fourth, a WWE NXT Women's Number One Contenders Match. Candice LeRae defeats Tank Girl Shotzi Blackheart. Next, a singles match. Tony Storm defeated Aaliyah, who had Robert Stone by ringside. A tag team match in the co-main event of Imperium, Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel, who are still in the US, defeating Drake Maverick and Killian Dane. And in the main event, for the WWE NXT North American Championship, Damian Priest, the champion, defeats Dexter Loomis to retain. Um, yeah, take it away, Alex. Any quick thoughts here? We should probably talk about the big angle at the very end, right? Because you know that it pulled at my heartstrings what they did at the end of this show. Yeah, go <laughs> ahead. I'll let you uh, discuss that one. Sorry. So, yeah, there's a bit of shenanigans with the Gargano family. Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae, they obviously want Io Shirai, they want Damian Priest, they want those titles, blah, blah, blah. William Regal comes out and he's like, well, at Halloween Havoc in a couple of weeks' time, we got a special announcement for you, for your title matches, and then they... They got this weird stage set up. There's like a flaming ring on this screen. And Shotzi Blackheart, uh, or as you affectionately call her, Tank Girl, pretty much announces it is going to be the return of Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal. Um, some of the matches I noticed on the wheel, I don't know if you noticed any, no, um, go ahead. Coal Miner's Glove Match, which is obviously the match that Jake Roberts and Sting had at that 92 Halloween Havoc. Uh, 
There was a buried alive match on there, a casket match. There was also the Chamber of Horrors, which got me so excited. I've talked about time and time again. Um, I had a VHS tape of Halloween Havoc 91, and the first match on that show is a Chamber of Horrors match, which results in Cactus Jack accidentally electrocuting Abdullah the Butcher in the middle of the ring. <laughs> if, if we somehow got Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai in a Chamber of Horrors match, it would be the funniest thing of all time. But, yeah, they had, like, lots of old Halloween Havoc gimmicks on there and then some dodgy, like, WWE gimmicks that they've had in the past before, like trick or street fight. <sighs> but, yeah, um, spin the wheel, make the deal. It is back for Halloween Havoc, and I am keen on it. It's just such a good throwback. I think they're really missing the boat by not having every single match on that card base. Spin the wheel, make the deal. It'd be very TNA of them, though. Well, that's what Halloween Havoc was at one point. It was like every single match was spin the wheel, make the deal. That way, like, you know, you can have your outrageous gimmicks on the wheel and a lot of gimmicks on there instead of them just being there to sort of tease you they actually you actually get to see them happen too and i really don't think we'll get to see a buried alive match but i would love to see one yeah never know um so i found it weird that imperium are still in the u.s like weren't these guys losing the title so they'd go back home now that uk is back up and running that's what I thought, but I guess, I guess not. I don't know. Well, I'll ask you now. Have you watched any of NXT UK the whole time the uh, uh, G1's been on? Hell no. So you you were like me. You watched that first episode, seen the tournament wasn't starting for two weeks and Pete Dunn was going to be some type of lottery boy and just went, yeah, no thanks. Yeah, there was nothing they could have done on that first show that would have drawn me in for another show, to be honest. Like, I don't think... uh, I think they were fighting an uphill battle to keep my attention. I think if they had at least, like, revealed the bracket on that first episode, like, you could have gone, oh, yeah, that looks great. I definitely want to check out that one, so I'm going to have to watch, and it mightn't be for three or four weeks because they never announce their dates for their actual matches until you're watching that show the next week. Yeah. um, Yeah, I guess. Hey, Robert Stonebrand's moved on to another Aussie. Oh, boy. Um, I've completely forgotten... Uh, wow. What was the angle here? I completely Wait. forgot. Oh, Tony Storm, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, there's... like Full disclosure, there's been another NXT episode since this one that we're talking about, so I'm a little confused in my head 
with some of these things, and that'll be the case for when we talk about Dynamite as well. Um, um, yeah. I may have forgotten to take note because I had NXT on in the um, background as I was taking notes. Did they address Finn at all last week? They said an announcement would be made. And that was the announcement. That an announcement would be made. And then yeah. no follow-up announcement. No. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't think anything has been announced since either. Oh. Well, it's probably just like Drew McIntyre. He'll be fine to keep on fighting. Like, I think it... I think, like, Finn's, like, shoot-gotten Drew McIntyre's kayfabe injury. Oh, boy. He's worked himself into a shoot, brother. When you work a... When you, when you work a work, a work becomes a shoot, and then you become a mark, brother. <laughs> Done the old Mickey James sell so well, the ref thinks you're injured, and then go... When he rings the bell, you release a hold and go, what the f***? Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then poor old Mickey James gets injured at the gym. Oh, yes. Or did she? Uh, <laughs> yeah, someone just saw her just like grimacing like she's doing some bicep curls or something. She's grimacing, trying to lift that thing up. Oh, no, she just tore her bicep. We're going to have to cancel this gym. We're going to have to call off this weight session. <laughs> oh, man. Um, overall, I thought NXT was sort of nothing there. I gave it a thumbs down this past week. Yeah, I gave it, I gave it a thumbs in the middle. Uh, we got to say a little bit more stuff with Indy and Candice as well. Yeah. With, uh, Indy given Candice the brass knucks to win the match. Um, I'm actually into that, but I know you're not. Yeah. I've sort of never been a fan of Candice. Exactly. This is all <laughs> going to lead to Indy Hartwell, like, eventually one day beating the crap out of Candice. So that's why you should be excited for this. It's the WWE. Like, if people are getting put together as friends, it's for the sole purpose of them breaking up eventually. <laughs> uh, quite possibly. Quite possibly. Moving on to All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. Let's go ignite. Light the fuse, dynamite. Bang. Yeah. No? The... They occasionally do just an instrumental version of it for the ad breaks now, which I appreciate. <laughs> like, at least you're getting rid of the annoying lyrics now. Oh, man. Hey. Now I'll talk about that afterwards. So, <laughs> so results were uh, opening the show, an AEW World Tag Team Championship match, FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Hardwood with Tully Blanchard champions to feed the best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent following that a tag team match Kip Sabian and Miro with Penelope Ford defeated Lee Johnson and Sean Maluda uh, match number three a 
AEW TNT Championship match. Cody with Arn Anderson and Brandy Rhodes in his corner, who is the champion, uh, versus Orange Cassidy. And it went to the 20 minute time limit draw. So Cody retains there being a draw. Uh, fourth and the co main event of the night for the AEW Women's World Championship. Hikaru Shida, the champion, defeated Big Swole. And in the main event of the evening for the AEW World Championship, a no disqualification match, John Moxley, the champion, defeated Lance Archer, who had Jake Roberts in his corner. Uh, your thoughts there, Alex? Um, I don't know if this is a controversial opinion or not, but I'm just going to lay it out there. FTR kind of sucks. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I yeah. think they, they're kind of, like, just boring. Like, like I get that their whole gimmick is that they're an old-school wrestling tag team, but it feels like they just use that as a crutch to get away with having boring matches. <laughs> Especially, like... I get their names mixed up. So, like, I'm in a group chat and I pretty much refer to them as FTR Hair and FTR Bald. Um, FTR <laughs> Bald seems like he's just lost a couple of steps since his WWE run. I don't know what's going on there. But FTR Hair, he seems really good. But, like, it's the bald one in particular. This seems to be a step behind everyone else when he's in the ring. I don't know what it is. It's just not working for me. Um, yeah, honestly, best friends. They're front runners for tag team of the year for me personally. Um, and I know it's just like a dynamite episode, all that, but. It's an anniversary episode, so I think they should have really contemplated putting the straps on the best friends because FTR just aren't, aren't it. Yeah, I think they're sort of waiting for the Bucks to come back and go towards a um, Bucks-FTR feud, but I'm not sure if they're waiting on just the Bucks or if they're waiting on trying to get a crowd in for that and do it at a pay-per-view crowd. I'm going to keep my mouth shut because I've already seen the next episode of Dynamite. Oh, boy. <laughs> Anyhow. Yes, in this weird, timey, wimey, wibbly, wobbly stuff. What a uh, wonderful weave we weep. Um, <laughs> uh, big Swole match. Your thoughts? Uh, big Swole's best match. Oh, maybe um, the match she had the previous week against um, oh, what's her name? Former Serena Deeb. Trader. Yes, thank you, Serena Deeb. I thought that one was um better than this one personally. Yeah. Um, my issue is, I think they need to take that. Oh. I sound like a broken record here. Take the titles off this person. That's going to be like the constant theme of my issues with Dynamite. Um, 
I pretty much feel like all the champions shouldn't be champions. Uh, Sheena is another one. Um, I think it would have been great for Big Swole to get the win here and then Britt Baker beats Swole for the title down the line. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, same with Cody. It's sort of back to where we were before. It feels like we've gone a step back with this TNT championship. Uh, yeah, we've gone so much of a step back that we're just back to blonde hair now. <laughs> oh, boy. But um, more so just this sort of baby face open challenge, welcome all comers. Oh, Orange Cassidy, you deserve a shot. Here you go. Whereas yeah. Brody had it for, what, maybe two months? Yeah, if that. Like, And we were just getting started with that and the Dark Order moving as more of a, a sinister presence on AEW, and that's sort of been altered. Yeah, the, the of... best thing is, though, um, they haven't brought back Brody yet. That is true. That is true. Uh, last thought I had, the main event, the world title, Moxley isn't exciting me with this current championship run. I think it should have been put on Archer. How much does that kill you to say? Because every time last year during the G1, I brought up how good Lance Archer is, you would just reply with, oh, tramp stamp Hoyt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but... The thing with Moxley is he's great on the mic. He's a great character. It's bell to bell that's letting him down. He like doesn't have flashy matches. All his matches are sort of the same plan. And as soon as you notice that, it sort of bursts your bubble on him. Yeah. And another no DQ title defense in a Moxley match. It's like, oh, okay. We're going back to this old chestnut. Yeah. Um, So yesterday I was messaging a good friend of mine, Warwick Thompson, listener of the show. He told me... (laughs) Hi, Warwick. Uh, You big jerk. No, you're all right. Um, He told me I like promo John in in reference to John Moxley's promos. But I honestly don't care about wrestling, John. So obviously you're saying he doesn't like John Moxley's wrestling. He only likes his promos. He says, I want Moxley to lose every match, and I don't really know why. And I thought that was a really good thing. It made me think about it, and I pretty much came up with this. My theory is because of Moxley's style, He needs to feel special like an attraction. I think over this year, they may have actually overexposed him and his style on television. I'm not saying he should be on a Lesnar-type schedule. He has the microphone capabilities to show up every episode, but a lot of his title defences this year could have been saved for a pay-per-view in particular, like Brian Cage or Lance Archer. It should feel very special when we get a world title match on TV, and quite frankly, 
it doesn't feel that special anymore. Um, Moxley's style works really well with a sold-out, like, amped-up hot crowd. But the pandemic has sort of made Moxley's matches infinitely more predictable and boring without being able to hear, like, a jammed-out crowd buy into the near falls and the big high spots and all that. So that's sort of my theory on it all. Yeah, I, I sort of agree there. It's And the whole fact, the MJF match, where he wasn't allowed to use the... Oh, Jesus, I'm going to get the name wrong again. Death Rider. Uh, Paradigm Shift. Paradigm, yeah. I keep going to say Dirty Deeds, but it's not. Uh, Paradigm Shift, but um, he doesn't. Wardlow goes to toss the ring. The ref sees the ring, goes to take the ring out, turns his back, and he hits it. And it's like, aren't you supposed to be the babyface champion who said you don't need this move to win the match? And he hits it, and that's how he wins, like pretty much straight after. Yeah, I, I honestly thought it was a whole match based around, like, uh, John Moxley establishing a new finisher. Yeah, or a submission or something. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's just the case of babyface title runs just don't work anymore. Um, there's more money in the babyface chase these days. There's more interest in a heel champion these days. People like to go against the curve sort of thing and cheer for the bad guys. So people love a heel champion in this day and age. Um, I disagree. I think if you look across on WWE, like Drew's the main champ there. He seems to get a lot of social media buzz at least because WWE doesn't have um, live fans in their Thunderdome, at least not to my knowledge. Like, he seems to get a lot of positive reaction there as a babyface champion, even though I don't really get it. You do. but um, I, I like Drew. Yeah. And um, I think his title reign's gone a little bit stale. But my point is, I'm trying to make is, like, I don't think it's a case of like the current generation where we have access to the internet. We know a lot more than our uh, the previous generations of fans would about wrestling. It's more or less a case of John Moxley's bland. Yeah, I think so. But then you like think back to it feels like a lifetime ago. When Moxley was in front of the crowd, like, like pretty much AEW revolution happened where Moxley won the title and then the world shut down, right? Like, yeah. Like the first hour, oh, sorry, I just got distracted by a text message. Uh, the first month or so leading, oh, sorry. Uh, the first, the first month or so of the year this year, like Moxley, there was no hotter baby face in the world. I think it's just a lack of crowds that's really just made Moxley so boring. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's true too. So I think he interacts well with a live crowd. I think he's fantastic with that. I just think he gets a little lost without him. Um, and unfortunately, you're going to have guys like that like in this sort of era. Like, it's going to happen. Um, um, yeah, we've seen it in Japan as well, and we've seen people like Yano, of all people, adapt to this, where he no longer has the water bottle that he spits at people. He has a, a hand sanitizer mist that he sprays on the referee's hand before the match. <laughs> Yano, like... Maybe my runner-up for MVP of the G1. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, we'll talk about that uh, in a the little bit, actually. The barricade of doom. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so overall, AEW, I gave bump sideways this week. Whilst I enjoyed the in-ring aspect, I felt this didn't stand out as an anniversary show. Yeah, it would have been good if they had, like, a couple of clips here and there of like, this is our past year, all that sort of stuff. The only time they did that was for like a picture in picture for the American audience. So it doesn't really count. <laughs> um, I thought I thought Cody and Orange Cassidy was a really good match. Yeah, I'd have to agree there as well. Um, your current thoughts. Um, yeah, so what do you give this? Thumbs up, thumbs down? Uh, hot take. Th- hot take, thumbs down. Yeah, I could say that too. Yeah. Um, Especially, it, it honestly doesn't help that I've already seen the next week's episode of Dynamite. So... This one, like, just seems even worse in comparison, to be honest. No worries. Uh, What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Has anyone's O had to go yet? No. (laughs) No, I don't think so. I I think they, they keep doing this thing where they keep drawing or whatever. They, even on BTE, there's... This, like, new thing they've brought in, the BTE Championship. And basically, they just play games. There's, like, a tournament. And it's, like, at the moment, the first round of it is Gator Golf. I don't know if you ever had it as a kid, but I had it as a kid. It was, like, this, like, putt-putt golf. And you had to hit it into this crocodile's head. And that was the hole. Yeah. And it sort of, like, spit out the ball back at you. Anyway, they're having a tournament of that. And even in this tournament, like, they had Pete Avalon versus Brandon Cutler and it ended up a draw and they both got eliminated from the tournament. Uh-huh. Even in putt-putt golf. <laughs> so, basically, don't care about either of these guys. No, I think they're they're slowly building up like a Brandon Cutler getting away from being the young buck sort of lackey, and then he's going to start doing some good things, I reckon. Fair enough. On to SmackDown. Saturday, October the 17th, 2020. Uh, First match was Lars Sullivan defeating Jeff Hardy, then a six-man tag team match. The New Day, Big E, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods defeated the team of Cesaro, Sheamus, and Shinsuke Nakamura. 
Following that was a WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. The Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford, the new SmackDown champions, as they were awarded it on Raw. <laughs> so stupid. So dumb. Def- defeated Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode by DQ. And in the main event for the WWE Universal title, Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman in his corner, Roman being the champion, defeats Braun Strowman to retain. Uh, your quick thoughts there, Alex, on SmackDown? Um, can we talk about the intro to this show? What uh, was the point of that? Which point do you mean? Because I might have skipped it. Triple H and Stephanie in the ring welcoming everyone to the premiere of SmackDown Live. And then, like, at one point, they're announcing the matches that are happening. They they make, they have the entire roster standing on the stage, and they introduce all the people that are new to SmackDown, and they step forward and take a little bow. So crap. And at one point, they're, like, talking about, like, oh, and tonight we're going to have... Triple H is saying, like, we're going to have the charismatic enigma Jeff Hardy versus the super freak, super freak, super freaky Lars Sullivan. He legitimately sang that song. Yeah, well, do you you remember this? No, because I saw the start of it and then, like, welcoming people to the season opening of SmackDown. I'm like, Dude, I've just done a nine-hour work shift. I'm fast-forwarding the crap out of this. Oh, it was so bad. Triple H singing Super Freak, like, ugh. I'm still cringing. But you know what wasn't cringeworthy? Ooh, what? That New Day promo had me legitimately choked up at times. Oh, man. I'm going to miss the New Day. Like, I didn't think I would because I thought I was kind of, like, I thought they'd run their course. But they did a really good job of making me sad that they're not together again. (laughs) Like, yeah, that was really good. Yeah, everything about that whole segment was fantastic. Um, Yeah, everything about the Jey Uso-Roman Reigns stuff after the Braun Strowman match was great. Um, Besides that, Fairly skippable. Yeah, I'd have to agree there. If you're going back to check this one, check out the New Day promo. I will say SmackDown has been the far superior of SmackDown and Raw the past month or so. SmackDown versus Raw? Isn't that like a video game from 10 years ago? Yeah, back when their video games were half decent. Um, Back before 2K ruined everything. Oh, man. Oh, don't get me started. One day we're going to just have to do a one-hour podcast where I can just vent about 2K20. Um, but, yeah, SmackDown has been, like, one of the better WWE shows. Like, I would actually say it's probably been the best WWE-produced show in the past month consistently, better than NXT or anything. But there's just stuff they 
chuck in there that just sort of makes you scratch your head a little bit. Wow. Well, that sucks. Um. Yeah, I thought going from the draft, the draft's always one of those anomaly episodes like a Raw Raptor Mania where it's just going to be like this weird one-off. Um, the draft, like, I always enjoy the draft. Uh, this was back to reality, thumbs down. Uh, is it an anomaly because how many matches were on SmackDown? Like the previous week, the same amount. No, this this week that we're talking about. Uh, four. How many matches involved someone that was drafted to Raw? Um, all of them? Oh, but... uh, three of them. Three of the four matches. Okay, tell me which people then. Jeff Hardy's on Raw now. <laughs> he is too. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, but they kind of explain this one, so it's a little bit more forgivable. It's a and, New Day farewell match. Yeah, that's fine. They can have a farewell. But then Braun Strowman. Oh, that's right. Like, He's on Raw. It's just dumb. Like, especially, like, this match was previously announced. Like, this match was announced, like, before the second night of the draft, the second night of the draft in which Braun Strowman was eligible for. So, in theory, SmackDown should have drafted Braun Strowman first so they had their bases covered for the Universal title. Yeah. But they didn't draft him, so now they risk losing the Universal title and not having a champion at all. Oh, yeah, the logic in it is just stupid. But, like, yeah, we had three out of four matches involving Raw people, and, yeah, uh, we'll get a little bit more cross-brand shenanigans in the next episode of Monday Night Raw when we get up to that. Couldn't you have done, like, the Street Profits challenge Cesaro and Nakamura on this match and won the titles and then because they're going to be on Raw, like last week, and then on Raw, like, the New Day comes over, and it's Kofi and Woods who challenge, and they win the Raw titles off them. Off who? Off um, Street Profits, who would have held both titles over the weekend. So, say, last week at the draft, it's not New Day who win the SmackDown titles, it's Street Profits who got drafted to SmackDown. Yeah. So they would have had both titles. Monday, they put up the Raw titles in an open challenge. New Day, Kofi and Woods come out and win the Raw titles. So then it's a bit bit more of a believable transition than, hey, I work backstage. I want you to switch titles and stop fighting over whose title's better. There, now you all have titles. Go and play in your own rooms. Yeah, I... Anything would have been better than what they did, to be honest. Uh, I think their whole thing was to get the New Day to 10 title reigns, and they did that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so thumbs down for me for SmackDown. What about yourself? 
Uh, thumbs in the middle. I didn't think it was that bad, but there are some complaints. Ooh, like what? Oh, like pretty much oh, anything about, we just mentioned. Yeah, pretty much everything I talked about. Um, I'll never shake the image of Triple H singing Rick James out of my head. Like, just, oh, it's just gross. Ah, oh, man. Um, yeah, so from there, we go through to Monday, October 19th, 2020, for Ring of Honor Wrestling number 473. Which yeah, before the... we do that, yeah. uh, there was something we forgot to touch on in last week's episode. Of? Ring of Honor. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Sorry, mate. Um, Matt Taven and Vinny What's-His-Face. Vinny Masalia. Yeah. There was a promo. Matt Taven comes out and, like, beats him up and all that. What did you think about that? You know, I like Taven. Oh, man. I thought it was really cringeworthy. Oh, it was like that fo- that follow the trend thing. And, it, and then he's like, just follow the trend, Vinny. Follow the trend, man. It's just like, come on. You're just trying to shoot, like horseshoe in your dodgy new catchphrase that you've come up with. I don't know. I thought he... And also, Vinny was just horrible on the microphone. <laughs> he sounded like like someone like acting in a high school play doing a monologue. That's what it looked like with the spotlight and ev- and everything. Yeah, I don't know. I always liked Haven. Well, he can be your hill to die on. <laughs> oh boy um, So night 6 of the Pure Tournament Judges again are Gary Gister, Will Ferrara and Sumi Sakai First match In the A block is Tracy Williams Versus Fred Yehi oh, Sorry Is Tracy Williams defeating Fred Yehi And the second match in the B block Is Josh Woods defeating PJ Black so next week in the semi-finals, it'll be Lethal versus Williams in the A block and Gresham versus Woods in the B block. Your thoughts, Alex? Um, two really good matches. I thought Fred Yehi might actually get a get a nod for the next week, but that's fine. Tracy Williams is pretty good. Uh, Josh Woods looked fantastic. Um. Yeah, what are your thoughts on those two matches? It's sort of run of the mill at this stage of the tournament, isn't it? It's sort of very predictable, like we've said a few times, we expect a lethal Gresham final going into it. Yeah, it's a lethal Gresham final with Gresham going over. Like, it's one of the most predictable tournaments of all time. Um, but that doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. Like sometimes you can just swerve for the sake of, oh, well, everyone thought we were going to do this. Now all of a sudden we've got, you know, someone that shouldn't be in the final in the final. But yeah, um, 
I think it's all been really good, but now at this point, every match has been good, so what stands out? If every single match is good, that just makes every single match average, technically. Technically, yes. <laughs> yeah. If every single match is good, that means the average that means good is just average now, so now you have to be very good. And I I don't know. I just feel like yeah, hopefully they the next couple of episodes are a bit more bit more full on. But let's talk about AC three. What did you think about this in ring promo debut of AC three? Yeah, I thought it was amazing. Yeah, I thought it was sensational. Um, I was pretty much ready to go buy an EC3 hoodie and join his little cult that he's got going on. He sold me on it all. Yeah, I want absolutely. him to control my narrative, please. Come control my narrative. Take some of my workload. Yeah, please. <laughs> please do. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, take some of Hoggy's workload so we can podcast more and talk about silly wrestling things and we can play Fantasy Booker a bit more often. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. So, good episode. It's going to be interesting to see next week, uh, like this next episode, night seven of the tournament, semifinals, and night eight, the final seeing what they sort of set up for the first episode after the tournament. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not too sure if I'm going to keep watching after the tournament, to be honest. Like, I really enjoyed the presentation of the tournament and all that, but as they've been slowly reintroducing, like, the non-pure division wrestlers, like, they're... I'm starting to lose more interest when they show more of these non-pure guys, you know? Like your Matt Tavens, I'm not into. Your Vinnies, I'm not into. Silas uh, Young. Silas Young, I'm somewhat into. But then there's like Shane Taylor, who seemed real cringeworthy. That they teased a match with against the Briscoes, who I think are amazing but I think they're horrible human beings, so I don't like them. Oh, you um, can fill me in on that off-air. Yeah, yeah, well, let's just say uh, they lived the gimmick. <laughs> um, oh, boy. Um, what about the Beer City Bruises? Uh, Brian Melotis. Brian Melotis is actually really good in the ring. <laughs> Like, for a big dude. Like, I've noticed his footwork. Like, he's just got, like, real nimbly feet. (laughs) Um, But, (laughs) I don't know. But the bruiser seems to have whatever. Um, Yeah, as they slowly reintroduce the ROH regulars, I find myself losing a little bit more excitement for the brand. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I think I would just love it if they just had a pure division show for one hour every week. <laughs> uh, never know. It might sort of be like a secondary TV title where it's defended once every 
few weeks on TV. Oh, hang on. They still have a TV title, don't they? Yeah. They've got the world oh. title, the TV title, the pure title, the tag title, the trios title, and a women's titles coming back soon. They should not have that many titles. The trio's title one is the most confusing. All right. I'll buy it. How come? Well, you think how many regular trio's team Ring of Honor actually has? Yeah, it was pretty much made to so they could just give the titles to, like, Adam Cole and the Bucks, wasn't it? Yeah, sort of keep it on the Bullet Club when they come in or the other sort of New Japan factions when they come over with someone. I'm pretty sure the Briscoes and Yano, I think, held it. Oh, SCU had it once. Uh, it was the, the Briscoes and Bully Ray. Bully Ray, bugger. Yeah, I, I would be heaps more interested if it was the Briscoes and Yano. Oh, man, that'd be good. Um, yeah, yep. yeah, you've had people like Cody and the Bucks hold it. Um, Adam Page and the Young Bucks hold it. Different variations of the kingdom. Dalton Castle and his boys. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that title needs to exist. And I don't think two mid-card... Well, two titles like the TV and the Pure need to exist as well. Like, get rid of one of them if you're going to bring in the Pure. Get rid of the TV title. Is it raining where you are? Oh, yeah, it's pissing down. You can hear it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's all good. Yeah, uh, humans, it is raining where I am. <laughs> oh, man. No, that's all good. I just, yeah, I could just hear you in the background. Like, have you got your aircon on while we're recording? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I wish. I wish we have not had very good weather this past couple of days. Oh, my okay. God. <laughs> Anyhow, we're just going to push through here. The yeah. first... The first never openweight six-man champions was the chaos team of Toro Yano, Jay Briscoe, and Mark Briscoe. That that actually happened? Yes. Why? (laughs) Who knows? Oh, man. So from Ring of Honor, I gave a thumbs up. Uh, Yourself, Alex? Yeah, big thumbs up, as per usual. Just... Yeah, hope, hopefully, like, this tournament's only got a couple of weeks left, right? So, hopefully the bloom isn't off the rose for for me by then, because I'm slowly starting to get tired of it. Yeah. Um, last sort of thing to touch on, WWE Raw. Oh, dear God. All right, quickly, before we get into the intro, I just remembered... Before we get into the intro of Raw, because I do need to talk about the intro of Raw. 
I forgot to mention there was a really amazing music video on SmackDown for Bianca Belair to a genuine banger of a, a rap song. And it like spliced in footage of like Bianca Belair from the crappy Mr. Perfect vignettes doing her hurdles and all that. And also footage of her from her actual high school days doing all that stuff. Did you see that video? Uh, no, I must have skipped it because the one she's had on Raw, like where she's in the gym and she's next to some random and just goes, I can lift that, but you can't because I'm the AST. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this one was like more of a music video sort of music montage, and it was so much better. It was so cool. Anyway, yeah. it got to be honest, so. Go on. To be honest with Bianca, I've not really been a fan since she got all delusional and kept saying she was undefeated when she had been beaten by the champion at the time twice on Takeover. Yeah, because the champion t- cheated twice. Okay, well, if I finish runner-up <laughs> in footy tipping, I'm not going to go around screaming I'm undefeated for two years because somebody got an extra win than me. I, I sent uh, you the um, the film clip, by the way, for you to have a watch. Because it got so much praise online for how, like, sort of modern and, like, it seemed, like, really sort of trendy for a WWE music video. And everyone was loving the song they chose for it and all that sort of stuff. I'll have to give it a look later then. And then they ruined it on Raw when they made the new theme song of WWE Raw the song that was playing in that Bianca Belair music video that everyone loved on SmackDown. Oh, see, this is how how little time I have. I don't watch Raw Live. I fast forward through the opening. Uh, so it's no longer, Never gonna keep me down. We're gonna keep me down. Da, 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 da. Cause it's Raw. <laughs> In your eye. <laughs> you know how many people would actually pop if they brought that back for a retro Raw? Yeah, it would be amazing. Or if they brought back like the um, look at the da, no, no, imagine a mission will bring it out. Come on, come on, come on, let's bring it out. Move to the music. Like if they brought that one back, controversial opinion, it actually might be technically the best song they've ever had. But. Yeah. Nostalgia reasons, thorn in your eye is the best. But as a song by itself. mm. Yeah. But Uh, enough song, let's get to Raw. Yeah. At least we don't have Nickelback as the theme song anymore. Nickelback, actually, not that bad of a band. Uh, Two good songs. Photograph. Uh, Nah, uh, how you remind me, and not technically a Nickelback song, but that song from the Spider-Man movie that Chad Kroger sang on. <laughs> so you have 
one and a half decent songs because your front man had a solo release that was decent. Yeah, yeah. Let's say that a hero can save us. Not gonna <laughs> stand here and wait. I thought you were gonna start singing the Lex Luger song for a moment. I need a hero. <laughs> oh man. They should do, they should just do the Lex Express with someone now. Like who would be a good candidate in like 2020 wrestling for the Lex Express? Who's a good all American boy? Okay. Braun. Braun's a good like country boy. He'd be great for it. He has the... country strong tattooed on his arm. Oh my god. What does his Titantron st- say? Strowman Express. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, no! It, it needs to happen. Also, I would love it if he used the torture rack. Does uh, big man like ever do that? I think shows uh, have done it once or twice as like a transition. I think Nakanishi might have been the last person to use the torture rack as a finish. <laughs> Okay, enough story. Uh, draw. Terrible episode. Yeah. Opening, eight-man tag match. The heel face, heel face, hurt business. Bobby Lashley, Cedric Alexander, MVP, Shelton Benjamin, defeat retirement, uh, retribution. Good old Mace Window. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this gimmick sucks. Oh, yeah. Mustafa. <laughs> Mustafa. <laughs> it's it's Mustafa now, apparently. Where's that from? Oh, he cut a promo later in the episode and he said like people couldn't even say my name right. It's Mustafa Ali. I thought you were being a smart ass like from Ali G. <laughs> no, no, he's like he legitimately says on this episode of Raw that my name's always been Mustafa. People just couldn't get it right to the point they got rid of my name, basically, sort of insinuated. Uh, yeah, so Mace, Ali, Slapjack, T-Bar, and Reckoning. Again, Mace's uh, former Raw announcer, uh, Dio T- Madden. Yep. Slapjack is former TM61 Shane Fawn. T-Bar is former Ring of Honor Dominic Dijic. Kovic and Reckoning uh, is former Mia Yim. Yes. Ah, oh, see, I can remember their names, but I still don't care. <laughs> and Mus and Mustafa Ali is the former Mustafa Ali. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to help me with this next name. Singles match: AJ Styles with Jordan. I'm a big Jordan, big Jordan, <laughs> very big Jordan. Um, I'm usually pretty good at like reading names and being able to pronounce them. Not a chance with this one, dude. Uh, I'll stuff it up. It's too easy to stuff up. AJ Styles with Big Jordan <laughs> defeats Matt Riddle. Uh, third, a Raw Women's Championship. Oscar defeats Lana. In under five minutes. 
I know, shocking, right? Uh, did yeah. anything else happen to Lana on this episode of Raw? I believe she got introduced to the announce table. For the fifth week in a row. <laughs> oh, this is exactly like that um, Kenny joke. Oh, my God, you killed Kenny. Oh, wait, there oh. he is. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I love it as a gimmick. Because it's, it's going to be huge if one day they get crowds back. And the first episode they have crowds back in a sold-out arena or whatever. Lana puts someone else through the announce table. The crowd would go nuts. Uh, escapes like the power bomb reverses and puts, I don't know, Liv Morgan, for example, through. Yeah, if, if Lana put anyone else through an announce table the first night they have a crowd back, I think it would be one of the biggest pops of the night. Absolutely. Uh, fourth, non title tag team women's match. Champions Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. Defeated Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose, Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce, and the Right to Tip Squad Ruby from Rose SmackDown. Who? The Right Squad that were recently put to SmackDown on the supplementary draft. I know we talked about this all last week, but this is how little their draft means. It's the next week, and there's people on both shows still. Yeah. Well, th- this is the only one. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce and the Right to Tit squad, Ruby Right to Tit and Liv Morgan. Next, a singles match. Kofi Kingston with Xavier Woods defeats Sheamus. Is it Sheamus still on SmackDown? No, he's on Raw now. Oh, God. Yeah, uh, you see, that big six-man match on Raw was actually the big farewell to the bar. <laughs> Had nothing to do with the new day. <laughs> uh, tag team match. John Morrison and The Miz were defeated by Tucker and El Grand Gordo. Ah, <laughs> uh, do you know what El Grand Gordo means in Spanish? Are we allowed to say on air? The big fat man. <laughs> the big fat man. Uh, and who was the big fat man? I don't know who it was. I think it was just some masked luchador, right? So it yeah. doesn't... Yeah. Now, obviously, obviously, yes, it is another case of the brand split being completely glossed over. But this one, at least they kind of address it by doing the luchador thing. Because at yeah. least in this situation, it's just like, I realise I'm not meant to be on this show, so I am in a disguise. At least. <laughs> Unlike the riots that are just like, I'm here now. <laughs> Better than old Randall Keefe, who just leaves the building, not with security, and turns up disguised for whatever reason. It's like, mate, you weren't kicked out. <laughs> Uh, and in the main event, good old double duty main event, a Braun Strowman defeats that young up and comer, Keith Lee. The old kick to the balls gets him every time. Oh, headbutt oh, yeah. to the balls. Headbutt to the balls. 
I will be talking about a lot of uh, ball shots coming up in a moment with the R block. But <laughs> God did Raw suck. And what the hell? Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce, where the hell did this come from? Well, you know, Peyton Royce would be really good in a tag team. It was a good creative idea by them. They just needed to find a tag team partner. If only they had someone laying around a couple of weeks ago to use. Oh, for... I almost swore. Um... <laughs> it's just dumb. Uh, also, the dumb, main dumb, event... Dumb, 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 dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> Good work. Um, like, the main event of this episode of Raw is Randy Orton's quote-unquote message from hell, and it's just him cutting a promo inside the Hell in a Cell, which he's locked himself in. And then Drew McIntyre comes out, gets some bolt cutters, cuts open the door, and then that's the end of Raw. So awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just sorry. The, the feud's dead. That feud has been dead since the last pay per view. So I can't wait to move on from it. Either way, whoever wins. So, Hell in the Cell is actually this weekend, as is Bound for Glory. Do you know off the top of your head how many matches are actually announced as being a Hell in the Cell match? Three. So we have. Randy and Drew for the WWE Championship. Yes. Uh, is it Roman and Jay for the Universal Championship? Yes, in an I Quit Hell in a Cell match, which I think is a great touch. Russo, I like it. Russo, Russo. Oh, no. The first, uh, one of the first ever I Quit matches. The first ever I Quit match was actually inside a steel cage. So. Yeah, it's just. Tully, Tully Blanchard versus Magnum TA. Look into it. It's a legendary match, folks. Um, Isn't that both of um, Tessa's dads? Yeah. Like one's a dad, one's a stepdad. Magnum's a stepdad? Yeah, Magnum's a stepdad. Tully's a biological dad. Uh, yeah, and. <laughs> Like, the baby face got over in then because he stole Tully's wife. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just mean the fact they're doing more gimmick on top of gimmick matches. Oh, definitely, yeah. I, I, think, I think they could have gotten away with not needing the sell for Roman versus Jay, that's for sure. They could have uh, just done the I quit match without the sell. What's the third cell match thing? Because I'm completely blanking. Bailey versus Sasha. Uh, do you know this has been going since Elimination Chamber 2016, their start-stop feud? We've never had a proper blow-off to it. Uh, technically, like, it's been going since Bailey debuted on the main roster in, like, 2015. Or 2016, whenever that was. Because her debut was as Sasha's tag team partner. And that's been referenced in the feud. So technically this feud's been going on for like four years. Just insane. Uh, I hate to break it to you, but 2015 would be at least over five years. 
Yeah, yeah. I just realised that she, the the debut was in 2016. Ah, okay. Yeah, it was uh, just before that draft. The the when they first brought back the brand split. Oh. Um. Yeah. Overall, thumb stamp for Raw. And especially putting Peyton in another tag team like two months after you decide to break up the Iconics. Like, what the hell are you doing? Um, also, RIP Retribution, I thought there was hope. I thought there was hope. I was very hopeful for this stable. I thought it would work out in the end. But you have these guys lose to the Hurt Business in the opening match on Raw and then have the Fiend... Like, just take out all of them. Ugh, dead in the water. Not to mention they did lose their debut match free-on-free free against Hurt Business. Yeah, but that was DQ, and they ended up, like, coming out slightly looking strong. But this one was just... You had bloody Dijakovic tapping out to the full Nelson. The full Lashley. The... The Lashley the full locker. moon. <laughs> yeah. Lashley's full moon. It's his new setup to his finisher where he bends over and shows his opponent his ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do we think about this uh, Bray Wyatt stuff with Alexa? Uh, it's interesting. I actually, I, I half dig it. But um, as long as they keep him away from Braun now, because Braun said he doesn't give a (laughs) crap about Alexa. Yeah, uh, please stay away from each other. They they are two characters that should not cross ever again. Um, Also, one final R.I.P. Massive leave the memories alone to. Raw Underground, it was announced during the week this week that Raw Underground's basically done because no. of, because they can't be bringing in too many NXT talent now because of the outbreaks that have been happening in the NXT roster. Ah, oh boy. Um, yeah, so that's sort of everything for the wrap. Oh, did you say what you gave Raw? Oh, yeah, all the thumbs up that you can possibly give. Just kidding. It was horrible. Down, down, down. Oh, boy. Uh, From there, quickly, upcoming pay-per-views is Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory on October 25th, followed by WWE Hell in a Cell October 26th and AW Full Gear. November the 8th and then on November the 15th New Japan's Best of the Super Juniors and World Tag League will be starting Yay <laughs> um, Yeah um, You're also forgetting one here mate uh, <laughs> November the 14th 2020 in Australia uh, Talking Shopper Mania 2 featuring the dreaded ball for a ball match between Sex Ferguson and Chad Too Bad. 
So um, I'll be checking that out on my birthday. Oh, yes. <laughs> Good well, old but... WrestleMania. WrestleMania play button, I believe. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, my birthday. Yeah, play button. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Oh, no. No. It's, yeah, it's Big Show Andre the Giant winner. Um, Daniel Bryan wins the IC title in the opening match. Yep, that's me. But Talking Shopper Mania 2. Talking Shopper Mania 2 coming soon. Ball for a ball match. I'm very excited. Oh, boy. Especially, uh, did you ever see the first one? Uh, I saw clips here and there, but I didn't actually go back and watch the whole thing. Oh, yeah. We're going to review the Boner Yard match one day. Hey, if you want to choose that for your international review, go right ahead, man. <laughs> yeah, well, if if it's timely, I might pick it. Uh, uh, so from there, your TV champ of the week. Oh, dear. Um, oof, I haven't put any thought into this one at all. Um, bugger it. Uh, let's... Let's give it to Orange Cassidy. Very good choice there. Yeah. Myself, I chose Fred Yehi from Ring of Honor. I thought he had an outstanding tournament match and a losing effort there. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was fantastic. I thought he was going to be definitely one of the semi-finalists, but... They kept me guessing on that one, I guess. Everything else has been predictable. Oh, boy. So, from there, Alex, do you have some time for our block? Our block. (laughs) (laughs) You love pirates. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) No, I can't say that on there. Do you watch Rick and Morty? Ah, uh, yes, yes, I do. Pirates of the Pancreas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so good. <laughs> okay. So, to finish off the wrap this week, we're going to be talking about nights 13, 14, 15, and 16. I am so keen. <laughs> Before talking about nights 17, the A block final, night 18, the B-Block final, and the final itself, night 19, as well as some of our standout matches on our R-Block review. So, Mr. Alex Freddie-Williams, should I start with night 13? Go okay. ahead, my man. So, night 13, October 10, uh, opening Young Lion C-Block match was Yota Suji of New Japan Dojo taking on Yuya Yuramura with you, uh, with Yuramura getting the win here, both men moved to nine in the unofficial rankings. I gave this one a three. Very good. So, oh, if you see any young line matches, just let me know and I'll um, let you chime in as well. Sorry. Uh, the only time I see another young lines match is night 14. So the next one. Ah, sweet. So A block matches of the night were 
match 61 of the tournament, Tomohiro Ishii of Chaos versus Jeff Cobb of Taguchi, Japan. We've both chosen Jeff Cobb. who gets a win. Cobb moves to six. Ishii moves to... Uh, Ishii stays on six. Alec goes... Alec. Alex goes to 38. I go to 39. Um, I go to 39. I gave this a 3.50. I gave it a five and a half. Big beefy men slapping meat. <laughs> I, I've I've got a type, all right. I've got a type. <laughs> Match sixty-two of the tournament. Jay White of Bullet Club took on Yujiro Takahashi of Bullet Club. We both chose Jay White, who gets the win here, moving to ten. Yujiro still without a win. Alex moves to thirty-nine. I moved to forty. I gave this a two point five zero. I gave it three and a half. I liked it. <laughs> for a Yujiro match, I might have been grading on a scale because Yujiro to me is just complete trash. So I thought he did really well in this match and I gave him three and a half. Fair enough. Uh, match 63 of the tournament, Will Ospreay of Chaos taking on Taichi of Suzuki Gun. We've both chosen Will Ospreay who gets a win. Ospreay moves to 10. Taichi stays on six. Alex goes to 40. I go to 41. I gave this a 3.75. I must, I must have been in a generous mood this day, but I gave it five and a quarter. Yeah, I can't argue there. Uh, um, Tachi's been, a can't believe I'm saying this, just been a massive highlight for me. He's been really good in this G1. Yeah, I, I've sort of, looking back on it now, I've been a bit too... <laughs> too strict with my beer giving. Yeah, I I don't know. Like I was just like, ah, oh, bugger it. I'm just gonna give as high of a score I feel in the moment. So like I give my scores like within 30 seconds of the finish of the match and I don't touch or look at the scores again until I read them out on the podcast. So it is my initial, like, immediate reaction to the match. Fair enough. Um, match 64 of the tournament. Kota Ibushi versus Minoru Suzuki of Suzuki Gun. Alex chose Ibushi. I chose Suzuki. And Ibushi gets the win here, moving to 10. Suzuki stays on 6. Alex goes to 41. I stay on 41. I gave this a 4.50. Uh, how many points did Suzuki stay on? Six. Zero six. Ah, uh, because I was going to say that is exactly what I gave this match. Six Ooh. out of six. I loved this match. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Just, just two phenomenal workers with incredible chemistry. Like, yeah. Can't go wrong. Sorry. And main event of that, main event of night 13, match 65 of the tournament, Kazuchika Okada of Chaos took on Shingo Takagi of Los Ingobla Nables de Japon. We've both chosen Okada, who gets the win, moving to 10. Shingo stays on 6. Alex moves to 42. I moved to 42. I gave this 4.25. Oh, very good. I gave this 5.75. Whoa. Yeah, I, I can't argue with that. 
Yeah. Like I said, these are all just like gut reaction sort of ratings. Um, they are not meant to be taken seriously. I do not want to become the next Dave Meltzer and have people argue about my opinion. Um, but I, I gave this night 26 out of 30 out of the five matches, right? Like this was by far the best night for me. Yeah, I can't argue with that. It, as you've said many a time, the A block seems to deliver and the B block sort of on par. Well, well it doesn't. It doesn't deliver, the B block. <laughs> yeah. Um, poor buggers. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, night 14, October the 11th, B block action. C block Young Lions match was Gabriel Kidd of LA Dojo taking on Yota Suji of New Japan Dojo. Gabriel Kidd gets a win here. He moves to nine in the unofficial standings. Yota Suji stays on nine in the unofficial standings. I gave this a 2.75. And I watched it. Uh, I was watching live on this particular day. It was uh, October the 11th, like you said. Um, it was my anniversary, so I sort of treated the lady to watching some young lions. Just joking. Um, she, she was she went down the shops or something, so I s- snuck in some G one time. Um, I gave Kid versus Suji three out of six. I thought it was a fantastic opening match, to be honest. Yeah, I'd have to agree there as well. I'm very keen on Yoda Suji, like as a big Hoss main eventer one day. Like I think he's going to be phenomenal. I'd have to agree there as well. So, on to B-block action of the night. Match 66, Yoshihashi of Chaos took on Zack Sabre Jr. of Suzuki-gun. We had both chosen ZSJ, who gets a win, moving to eight. Yoshihashi stays on two. Both Alex and myself moved to 43 points each. Still a tie. I gave this three beers. I gave this three beers. Yeah, I I agree there. It's good, good little opener. Yeah, it was... You know what? Yoshihashi hasn't sucked for me. <laughs> um, like, Yoshihashi has actually been quite good. It's Taichi and Yoshihashi that I'm coming out of this being like, wow, I like these guys now. What happened? Oh, don't worry. We'll get to a certain someone who I went, what happened <laughs> later on tonight? Yeah. Uh, match 67 of the tournament. Toro, y- Toro Yano of Chaos took on Kenta of Bullet Club. We had both chosen Kenta, with Kenta getting the win, moving to six in the block standings. Yano stays on four. Alex and myself both moved to 44, still a tie. I gave this a two. I gave a three and a quarter. Yano's fun. He's yeah. fun. More He's Yano. Sort of- He's sort of on his own little, like, grading scale for me. Yeah. I I think it's more just the um the uh, Yano shenanigans I tried not to, even though I really, really enjoy them, I try yeah. not to overcompensate in my scaling of them. Yeah. Uh, so we go to match 68 of the tournament. Juice Robinson of Taguchi Japan took on Sonata of Los Ingobernables de Japón. We'd both chosen Sonata who gets the win here. 
moving to eight points in the box standings. Juice stays on six. Uh, we both moved to 45 in our own standings. I gave this a flat three. I gave this 2.75. Juice sucks. <laughs> to yeah. be perfectly blunt, Juice did. Uh, Juice is not having a good tournament at this point. Spoiler alert, it doesn't change either. He sucked all tournament. <laughs> oh, man. Match, <laughs> match 69 of the tournament. Hiroshi Tanahashi of Taguchi Japan took on Hiroki Goto of Chaos. We'd both chosen Tanahashi. And Goto got the win here, moving to eight. Tana stays on six. We both remain on 45. I gave this a 3.50. Uh, you know my thoughts on Hiroki Goto. He's awesome. So, so you can imagine my shock when I have to give four and a half to a Hiroki Goto match. But I have to. This was a four and a half beer match for me. It was really, really good. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, main event of the night, match 70. Tatsuya Naito of Los Ingobla Nobles de Japón. Versus Evil of Bullet Club. We've both chosen Evil, who gets a win here. He moves to 10 points in the block standing. Naito remains on 10. And we both moved to 46 points, still a tie at the end of B night. I gave this a 1.25. Oh. Well, uh, could you ask me what my score was? Alex, what did you happen to give this match? I didn't. I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't give this anything. I got zero. I did not want to ever see these two wrestle again, but I did. And I'm going to see more of it. Hang so on. keep going, sorry. So yeah, this was just horrible. Evil's had like one of the worst G1 tournaments I've ever seen for, for someone that is so blatantly getting the mega shovsky. So, like, yeah, this has just been horrendous by him. Dick Togo can just... Oh. He can go... Yeah, he can to go beep himself um, because he's been ruining fantastic matches i get that that's the whole point to build hate but this is not the right type of hate now it's just becoming annoying oh just so done with evil like we're at go ahead we're at a point now where jay white seems like a sympathetic baby face compared to evil that's how much everyone hates evil now like, people are, like, online being like, oh, I can't wait for Jay White to turn babyface and beat up evil because, like, Jay White needs to get it away from the Bullet Club and evil and all that sort of stuff that's going on there. Like, man, evil might be the one that put the final nail in the coffin of the Bullet Club brand. Yeah, that'd probably be true because... Okay, my point of view on the G1 is this guy's been a champion, like, what, 
three, four months ago, he was double champion for a few months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, this guy shouldn't need Dick to go to beat Yoshihashi to beat, where's his block? To beat uh, Toro Yano, to beat Juice Robinson, to beat Zack Sabre Jr. Like, to beat Goto, he should need him just for like Tanahashi, Naito, Sonata, and maybe Kenta. But yeah. it is every goddamn evil match. It's like, I am done, mate. Yeah. Your match comes on. I'm going to the toilet. I'm going to the bar. I'm doing anything else. Yeah. And the lone 1.25 I gave was for Naito, who made this match somewhat enjoyable for their fourth meeting, I believe. Fourth meeting already, by the way. Duh. Done. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is obviously my worst rated match of the entire tournament because I did give it a flat zero. <laughs> um, might have been a little bit angry at the time when I wrote that rating, I reckon. <laughs> um, at least you're honest. Yeah, uh, I think I was... I find some positive in it, but at the end of the day, I'm like, no, I'm really starting to agree more and more with Alex about how much I hate this match. <laughs> yeah, um, the worst thing is, this night, night 14, it happened on my anniversary, so I was hoping for a really nice night of Japanese wrestling before I, you know, hit the hay, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. But, no, I didn't get that. Come on, guys. And also, this was 13 out of 5. Uh, 13.5 out of 30. Like, think about that. That's a really bad score for a show. For the five oh, matches. Right, it's less than half. Yeah. And it's not even the worst rated show overall for the entire tournament for me. Oh, no. It wasn't the worst rated night. And it oh. wasn't the worst rated B block night. Just leave you at that. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention before, night 13, Alex got 5 out of 5. I got 4 out of 5. Night 14, Alex got 4 out of 5. I got 4 out of 5. So we move through to night 15, October the 13th. It is C-Block opener number 15, Yuya Yiramura of New Japan Dojo taking on Gabriel Kidd of LA Dojo with Yiramura picking up the win. He moves to 11 in the unofficial standings. Kidd and Suji are both left on nine in the unofficial standings. I gave this a three. Very good. Uh, match 71 of the tournament. All A-Block matches for the rest of the night. Will Ospreay of Chaos versus Jeff Cobb of Taguchi Japan. Alex chose Osprey. I chose Jeff Cobb. And Jeff Cobb got the win here, moving to eight in the standings. Will stays on 10. I moved to 47. Alex stays on 46. I gave this a 3.50. Oh, the A block welcoming me back into your ever-loving, consistent, comfortable arms. Thank you, A block, for bringing me back. 4.5 out of 6 for you. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd agree there too. I think it's because like I'm also writing down notes and that I'm not immediately yeah. going, 
bang, here's my score. So I'm thinking about it a lot more than bang. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fine to do as well. It it does... There are different ways to give your score. Mine's, mine is obviously initial gut reaction. Yours is a thought-out, meticulous thing. Who says which way is the right way to do it, you know? True. Uh, match 72 of the tournament. Kota Ibushi took on Yujiro Takahashi at Book Club. We've both chosen Kota, who gets the win, moving to 12. Yujiro stays winless. Uh, Alex goes to 47. I go to 48. I gave this a 2.75. Or as uh, John and Way talk about on their podcast, uh, he's not winless, he's pointless. Old pointless Ujiro. Oh. <laughs> um, but yes, I must have been really happy to be embraced back into the A Block's arms because Yujiro Takahashi, have four beers, my man. Oh, wow. I, I actually really enjoyed this one. Um, for her Yujiro match, might have been a slight curve. It must have been that thing where, like, I expected very little and then I got a, I got a little bit more, which makes it feel like a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd agree with all that. So, yeah. match 73 of the tournament, Shingo Takagi of Washington Goblin, I believe, Dehapon, took on Taichi of Suzuki Gun. We had both chosen Shingo, but Taichi gets the win here, moving to six. Shingo stays on six. Alex stays on 47. I stay on 48. I gave this 3.50. I gave it four and a quarter. Yeah, uh, I, I can't argue with that. Yeah, I, I thought it was another fantastic Taichi match. Shingo has quietly been, like, consistently putting on some bangers as well. Um, like, yeah, what what can you say about Shingo Takagi? Fantastic stuff. Match 74 of the tournament. Minoru Suzuki of Suzuki Gun took on Jay White of Bullet Club. Alex chose Jay White. I chose Minoru Suzuki. And Jay White gets the win here, moving to 12. Um, Minoru Suzuki stays on six. Alex goes to 48. I stay on 48. I gave this a four. I gave it three and a half. Ooh. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> I, I was, I was c- contemplating giving it two. But because Suzuki, I gave it three and a half. <laughs> Oh, man. And main event of the night 15, match 75 for the tournament, Kazuchika Okada of Chaos took on Tomohiro Ishii of Chaos. We had both chosen Okada, who gets the win, moving to 12. Ishii stays on six points. Alex and myself both moved to 49 points. I gave this a four. Um, I gave this, spoiler alert, the final six out of six match of the tournament. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, I can't argue with that. Again, a lot of Ishii's matches I've downgraded this year for skull on skull headbutts at points. Yeah, I get it, man. Um, I've tried to defend it, but I can't defend it. Um, 
I, I sort of switch off and just enjoy it. It's hard to do sometimes, but I somehow somehow managed to be able to function without my brain turned on. Who would have thought? <laughs> so, uh, night 15, Alex got three out of five. I got five out of five. We move on to our final night that we'll be talking on the wrap, and then you'll have to tune in to our R Block show for the rest of the results. So, night 16, October the 14th, C block match number 15, Yotosuji of New Japan Dojo took on Yuya Yuramura of the New Japan Dojo. Suji gets a win here, moving up to 11 in the unofficial standings. Yuramura also, also on 11, while Kid remains on 9, with only a handful of matches remaining. I gave this a 2.75. Very good. And uh, opening. Opening B block match of the evening. Yoshihashi of Chaos took on Kenta of the Bullet Club. We'd both chosen Kenta, who gets the win here. He moves up to eight in the block standings. Yoshihashi stays on two. And Alex and myself move up to 50 points. I gave this a 3.50. I'm about to blow your mind. Kenta versus Yoshihashi. Expectations were very low. They were very well exceeded. I gave a five out of six. Wow. I, I thought Yoshihashi's selling in this match was the best I've ever seen it. I thought this was his best performance of the entire tournament. I thought he actually looked like a star in this match. Yeah, I can't argue there. Um, yeah. Also, congratulations. We both got 50. Yep, like, raise the this, bat for the half century, boys. I think this is probably looking back over our past few years, at least looking back over my past few years, this is probably one of the better runs I've had in a G1 picking. Yeah, usually I sort of beat you pretty easily, don't I? <laughs> yeah, usually I sit around the low 40s. Yeah, usually, uh, usually before the... Last week, um, I've got it wrapped up, but spoiler alert, it's we're going till the final day here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, match number 77 of the tournament, Juice Robertson at Gucci Japan took on Zack Sabre Jr. of Suzuki Gun. We've both chosen ZSJ, who gets the win, moving out to 10. Juice stays on 6. Um we both moved to 51. I gave this a flat three. I gave it three and a half. Might have been Juice's best match of the tournament. <sighs> yeah, I'd, I'd which, agree. Which there. doesn't sort say of. anything, because I didn't think it was that good of a match. Sort of hard <laughs> to think of another good Juice match off the top of my head. Yeah, and honestly, like, Zack Sabre Jr. has been one of... Like, if he's not the MVP of the B block, he's definitely the runner-up for MVP of the B block for me. Yeah, I'd have to agree there as well. Um, match 78 of the tournament. Toru Yano of Chaos took on Tatsuya Naito of Los Ingobernables de Japon. We'd both chosen Naito, who gets a win, moving up to 12 in the block standing. Yano stays on four. Alex and myself go to 52. I gave this 
I gave it four. Yeah. I, I, I had a blast. Naito and Yano um, doing the dueling, like, turnbuckle pad thing. It was good fun. Uh, match 79 of the tournament. Hiroki Goto of Chaos took on Evil of the Bullet Club. Uh, we've both chosen Evil. Evil gets the win here, moving out to 12. Goto uh, stays on 8. Alex and myself go ahead to 53 points. I gave this a 2, and I think you already know why. Yeah, I thought the shenanigans were a little bit dialed back on this one. And before... And they were sort of just limited to the final five minutes of the match, sort of. Before that, I thought this was a sensational match. Um, so I, with the benefit of all that, I gave it 4.75 because I thought it was probably about as good of an evil match as you can get out of him these days. Yeah, I gave it... I was on the path of my... Oh, okay. Evil's actually going to have a decent match for once. And nope. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So your score's acceptable. My score's acceptable. Like, yeah, I could have gone either way on it, to be honest. Yeah. And that's not to say he's like a bad wrestler in the ring. It's just every goddamn match of this tournament. Good old dick to go interferes. Yeah, wouldn't it be good if you had a heel that could, that you actually believed could beat someone quite easily? Without yeah, I know once. Good old Minoru Suzuki. Exactly. It is probably the most over heel in the company. <laughs> oh, man. And something. Like, come on. Oh, yeah. Main event of the Night 16 B block. It is. Match 80, Hiroshi Tanahashi of Taguchi, Japan, taking on Sonata of Los Angeles de Japón. With Alex choosing Sonata, myself choosing Tanahashi. And Sonata gets the win here, moving to 10 points. Tanahashi stays on 6. Alex moves ahead to 54. I remain on 53. I gave this 4 beers. Oh, it's getting close, isn't it? Um, 5.25. I loved this main event. It was Sonata's best performance by far. I'd agree there. I think it's probably the best match in B block at the moment. Uh, There is a match from the opening night of the B block that I really loved. Um, Oh, yeah. Naito and Tanahashi. I don't know why I was being cryptic. I can just say it. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, it was a really good match. Um, this was the best B block night of the tournament for me. I gave it overall from the five matches, I gave it 23 out of 30. The closest it got to that ever at any point was a 19. So yeah. Wow. It, It'd been a tough run for the B blockers. Yeah, I can't argue there. Uh, one sec. What did I say? Um, nine sixteen. Yeah. So on this night, I happen to get four out of five. Alex, congratulations again. Five out of five. A perfect night. 
It sure was, mate. Uh, anything involving Yoshihashi is always a perfect night for me, mate. Um, yeah, it's my second five out of fiver, I believe. Yeah, especially at least on this show, I think you might have had one earlier. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, um, I got one a couple of days earlier. Before that, I hadn't had one all tournament, and then I got like two within three nights, so I was pretty happy. Oh, man. Um, yeah, so with that being said, I think we'll sign off for the wrap, and you'll have to tune in to the R Block review to catch our thoughts on the New Japan as well as our final uh, tally on our tipping there. Yes, so- yes. Um, I, I'm very excited to talk about the G1 uh, A, A and B block finals. Um, there's some very interesting stuff to talk about. Yes, indeed. Uh, with that being said, Alex, would you like to let the good humans know where they can find us on social media? Yes, at WrestleOzStyle on Instagram, Twitter, uh, that is W-R-E-S-T-L-E-A-U-S-S-T-Y-L-E. Um, and then you search us up on Facebook. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Oh, don't oh, cut that out. Don't find me on Facebook. Please don't. Um, don't. I won't accept. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. At Fruity is Alex, and you can find Chris at. I am Chris Funder, as well as listen back to the entire Wrestling Hostile archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. So, with that being said, we'll bid you all adieu and have a good night. Come on, come on, come on. Let's get it all. Move to the music. Yeah, move to the music. <laughs>